I'm Courtney Lundeen, and welcome to the Elevate Motherhood podcast. Do you find yourself wishing you could have more moms, sisters, and friends encouraging you and pouring into you, inspiring you to live as the mom God has called you to be? Too often, our culture minimizes the role of motherhood, but I believe that being a mom is a high calling, and we're answering the call and stepping up to the plate. I love simplicity and efficiency, habits and routines, but my favorite part of life is being a mom. If you want practical strategies to lighten your load, simplify your life, let some things be easy, and make room for what matters most, you're in the right place. I'll remind you that every blessing and provision is God's and help you reflect that mindset in your homes and to your families. Thanks for joining me, friend. I'm glad you're here. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Elevate Motherhood podcast. Thank you so much for being here, and this is actually the 20th episode of the Elevate Motherhood podcast. I really can't believe it. Thank you for being part of this and listening, and I really hope this is a blessing to you and a bright spot in your day. I always hope that this podcast is something easy to listen to, lighthearted, positive, but also encouraging and full of practical tips that you can take with you in your day-to-day being a mom. I have always loved anytime I get positive feedback from you guys, so I just wanted to say thank you to those of you who do um, encourage me to because it keeps me going, so we have lots of fun things coming up. I haven't mentioned this exactly on the podcast before, but I just wanted to give you guys a little glimpse to get to know my heart a little bit more. I always mention how this podcast is for moms, and it is. You guys are the ones who listen. I love being a mom. I feel like my life changed when I became a mom and I just feel the importance of giving it my all and I felt the need to rely on God to fill in the gaps for me and sustain me and I want to encourage all the moms listening in any way that I can. But also this podcast is for your kids. Recently I heard a sad story on the news and I was just praying like God how can I help more kids of the world and I felt like God said you are. Helping the moms is helping the kids So I just wanted to tell you guys that because you may think some of the things that you're doing for you, like building community with other moms, getting ideas, getting encouragement, keeping things positive and focused toward God and all the things that we are always trying to do to be the best moms that we can be, is really helping your kids so much. It's for you, for them. And that's my prayer, at least, that we are a small part of helping the kids of the world have moms who love being moms. And I know all of you are examples in your own community and your own circles. And we can just make a difference for the kids in the world, having moms who love being moms, who make childhood special and magical and meaningful, who remind their kids how important and just treasured that they are. So what you do day to day matters so much. And we'll just keep spreading the positivity and helping as many people as we can. So I just thought I would share that with you guys and hopefully encourage you in that way. Before we get fully into this episode, I wanted to let you guys know officially that something new and fun is headed to Elevate Motherhood. I've been working super hard on something for kind of a long time, and it's almost ready to share. The first people who will get to know about this fun surprise will be the people on my email list. So if you want to join my email list and receive an email as soon as I can announce the big news, I will include a link to join the email list in the show notes for this episode. So... Today is kind of a fun and easy episode. We are talking about activities, and some people call these activities independent playtime. You know those activities where you can set up your kids with some type of activity, and then they can kind of take on the creative play for themselves, and they don't really need you to be sitting with them directing the play the entire time. 
So you can kind of be near them supervising, but maybe you're doing something else for yourself. That is what we call a win, right? So first up, Play-Doh and Hot Wheels cars. I know I may be in the minority of parents here, but I love Play-Doh for my kids. I always see memes and things online of people hating on (laughs) Play-Doh and I get it. It can be messy, but it keeps my kids entertained for so long. And so that's why I love it. My son is a lover of Hot Wheels cars and literally since he was like 18 months old until now, he's four and a half. He still plays with Play-Doh and Hot Wheels cars at the same time. He likes to make tire track imprints or he sets up scenarios where a car gets stuck in the play-doh then he has to get his little tow truck or a police car to come help it get unstuck or now he makes little like tiny monster truck course for the cars and he'll sometimes use like our wooden block set too but he'll have the play-doh and he'll have ramps and play-doh areas for the cars and honestly I buy the six dollar party pack of small play-dohs you can get it at Target and I usually give him like two of them at a time and it lasts like the whole afternoon and usually I'll just throw it away after that. I could care more and pack it back up and reuse it but I like to just let it be his activity and I don't really put the pressure on him to reuse it and keep it and save it. Sometimes the play-doh gets dried up and stuck in the Hot Wheels tires but the Hot Wheels are also like one dollar and it's his toy and I don't really get upset if that happens. Usually that in itself becomes another activity for him to try to get it out of the car and sometimes I can help him pop it right off. There is a risk of Play-Doh getting stuck like on your carpet. Usually when it dries, you can pop it right off anything else. So don't take my word for it because I don't want you to be mad if something gets ruined by Play-Doh. But man, my kids love it. In the spring and summer, you could even let them do that activity on a porch outside. So then you don't have to worry about it getting stuck in your carpet. But to me, the fun outweighs the negatives. And I know Play-Doh is good for fine motor skills and creative play. The amount of hours he has done this over the years is so high, you honestly would not believe me. But My daughter also loves Play-Doh, but um, she doesn't like the Hot Wheels cars. She likes to keep the Play-Doh colors separated, and she creates little pretend pizzas or food. Last year for her birthday, she got a little Play-Doh tool set and had like a rolling pin, pizza cutter, knives, cookie cutter, stuff like that, all pretty young toddler friendly, and she loves it. So even though both my kids approached Play-Doh totally differently, it's been a hit for both of them. (laughs) So as I'm mentioning the potential mess, I want to mention sort of a side note because this will help with a lot of the activities I'm mentioning here, but I bought a little waterproof, it's called Splat Mat on Amazon that I pull out when they do messy activities. I've mentioned I kind of gave up on the Play-Doh, but you could definitely pull it out when they get out Play-Doh. Ours is pretty big, it's, I looked it up just now, it's 51 by 51 inches, and it folds up pretty small like a blanket. It's advertised as an under the high chair mat. We for sure pull it out when we do any like painting crafts, Also, for other activities I'll mention in this episode, you could use it for so many things. So before you write it off, messy activities, maybe consider getting one of these mats because it can help with the mess. Okay, the next activity is using baby wipes to clean an outside toy that is somewhat muddy or dirty. I'll give my kids a pack of baby wipes and they'll use a few to clean something off that's muddy. Uh, Maybe even like a toy that got left outside in the dirt or mud or even shoes that get kind of muddy. I'll just act like it's a fun activity that I'm letting them do, but honestly, it helps me so I don't have to be the one cleaning it. We usually keep outside toys outside and inside toys inside, but if one happens to be left outside and it's supposed to be inside, I'll let them clean it off before we bring it back in. And they just love using the wipes and feeling like they're in charge of something. So highly recommend. Next, if you have a baby that is standing up all the way 
at least a year old, I cannot recommend a water table more highly. It is the perfect toy for back porch all year long when the weather is nice. I fill it up with some water and the water tables, there's a bunch of different ones, but they usually come with some scoops or buckets or toys that kids can play with with the water table. And it's the perfect height for toddlers. It's like a smaller table that's perfect for even the young ones. I think this is the perfect big gift for a one-year-old birthday party. So if like the grandparents or like your parents are asking what to get your one-year-old, here you go with a grand slam idea, in my opinion. My kids are two and four and they still love playing with it. So that's an idea. Another thing along the lines of water and being outside, last summer we got these little Paw Patrol squirter backpacks. It is a great gift for kids. I'd say definitely two and up, but maybe even like 18 months and up. It comes with a little backpack to hold the water. So unlike how water guns get so heavy and hard for little kids to hold, this little backpack holds the water so it's not heavy. And then it has a little tiny hose attached to it that they hold in their hand. And they just kind of like pull it and pump it to make the water squirt out. My kids loved it last summer, played with it so, so, so much. I called it the toy of the summer and we bought it for like tons of friends' birthday parties too. The kids would spray like the grass or their outside toys or each other. (laughs) I would say like try to only squirt each other's feet or whatever, but they had so much fun with it. Um, put on their swimsuits. They'll get, they'll get really wet, but it was so much fun. So I will link to that toy here too. The next activity also has to do with water. As you can see, water is a theme. Um, kids just love water. So another activity is painting cardboard boxes with water. So this is a somewhat mess free activity because kids love painting and paintbrushes and all of that, but paint gets super messy really easily. So water is still kind of the fun effect. So you find somewhere that you don't mind getting a little bit wet, give kids paintbrushes and a little bowl of water, and they can dip in it and paint on the cardboard box with their paintbrushes. And you can kind of see the little designs, but it's just water. It's not actually paint. So that can keep them occupied for several minutes at least. Um, the next activity that I have mentioned here on the podcast before, but worth mentioning again, because it ties into that activity, but is letting kids destroy cardboard boxes with their kids' tool sets. My kids love using their little toy saw or hammer or screwdrivers to just take apart the cardboard box. It keeps them occupied for a while. They'll just like cut one of the flaps off or they'll lay it flat and poke holes in it. Um, They'll tear off little like pieces of the cardboard box and they'll get their crayons and color on that piece. It just can kind of be like an endless activity. So if you're someone like me who does online shopping and gets all these boxes before you throw in the recycle bin, just kind of let them go to town with it. So the next activity I have also mentioned sort of in a mom hack on this episode, but it is stickers. Kids love stickers. I have a little notebook I found for each kid and sometimes I'll give them a sheet of stickers and just let them put the stickers on the pages of their notebook. They just love like peeling them off and sticking them on something. It hardly even matters like what they're putting the stickers onto. Or I have specific toys or things that I let them put stickers on. So my kids each have a little wiggle ride on toy that we keep inside and they ride it around, like push off with their feet or you can keep your feet on it and kind of wiggle it. And they have like a little track inside our house that they'll just like circle around our kitchen with it. And I let them put stickers on it, kind of like bumper stickers. My son's is completely covered in stickers. And when he gets a sticker somewhere like church or the grocery store or something, he usually wants to like hold on to it and save it until he can get home and put it on his car, as he calls it. It's special for him. And I just love that. Um, We also have a plastic storage tub that we keep our magnetiles in. And I let them cover that with stickers. So maybe you can find some certain things that are kind of theirs or kind of toys. And it'd be something that it's okay with you if it got covered in stickers. 
Or maybe you can find something temporary like a cardboard box and just let the stickers be on, be like an activity of sticking them on the box. Then they play with the box for a couple days and turn it into whatever else they want to do with that box. Then after a few days, that box is trashed or recycled. So combining lots of our ideas here. (laughs) Another activity is setting your kids up to do something like what you're doing as they're sitting next to you. So I have a little Bible recap Bible study book and sometimes I'll get out pins with it and my little journal and my Bible and I'll make notes and those things. My daughter always wants to do whatever I'm doing so I won't let her hold my Bible with the tiny you know delicate pages and I don't want her to make marks in my Bible necessarily but I give her the study book or my journal and I'll give her one of my pins and she'll sit next to me and she says she's reading her Bible just like me and um, she'll just be like scribbling in my little journal or the Bible study book. So Then when I'm turning the pages of my journal or that book, they are covered with pin marks, but honestly, it just warms my heart. It just makes it like a hundred times better because I know she's learning by watching me and it's like an activity we do together. And I'll even like pull out my journal at church to take notes and my husband will just like point out the little scribbles and just smile to it. It's just so adorable. So just letting her kind of be in on it with me. And although I'm giving her something that she can write on and there are still some things that are off limits like my Bible. So another activity that keeps my kids busy is this kids play sink. I will link to it, but if you are on Instagram at all, you have probably seen this sink. I have seen it from influencers for literally like the past five years, but my daughter still asks to play with it all the time. It is one of her favorite things to do. It's just this tiny little toy kids sink that you fill up with a little bit water and they turn the handle and water comes out of the faucet like a real sink. And it comes with some little dishes and a little scrubber that they can pretend to wash dishes, which is what my daughter loves to do. And they can also fill up little cups and dump it out, fill up other cups, whatever. I <laughs> I would like to say ages 18 and up, I think. I should double check what the box says, but I think that's when my kids started using it. Some people only do it outside, but I do let her do it inside, but I always pull out our little splat mat, like I mentioned. And I usually also need some beach towels when she's done, so it is kind of messy. Um, water does kind of get everywhere, but she really loves it and will play with it quite a while. So also, it would be great on the back porch. Um Another activity that my son loves to do is playing in the dirt or sand. I know some people just cringed when I said that, but our old house was closer to the city and we didn't really have a lot of animals or anything like in our backyard. So we had a sandbox and I didn't really even have to cover it and I never had any trouble with animals getting in the sandbox. But I also know you can buy covers to cover your sandbox when it's not in use. Currently our backyard, we don't have a sandbox, but our backyard has a pretty large dirt patch under a big tree where grass doesn't really grow. And I just let my son go play out in the dirt and he just loves it. There's a little like sit on excavating toy that I think is the perfect gift for a toddler boy. I'll link to that too, but you can sit on it and move the handles back and forth to dig that little excavator um, and dig it in the dirt. We have several of his construction toy vehicles out there in the dirt too, and he just loves playing with it all. He doesn't really dig like deep holes or anything. He just kind of moves the dirt around um, with his vehicles and sets up little construction scenarios so yes he gets pretty dirty and yes we usually have to go straight to the bath but it is a fun activity that he loves and it just when I look out there at him playing in the dirt I'm like this is just what toddler boys are made for so anyways I do think this will be a little less messy if you have an actual sandbox which is what we used to do so that was a little bit um less of a mess than dirt because you can just usually brush the sand right off sandbox is another thing some parents don't like because of the sand because sand can be a mess you know, it comes out of the sandbox typically, but if you have a place you could just like brush the sand off with a broom, um, hopefully the hours of fun can justify the sand mess. So that's up to you and your level of messy threshold, of course. But 
I thought of one more idea. So this actually makes for 11 activities today. So I'm giving you another little freebie bonus idea, I guess. But wooden train track toys are such a good independent play toy at my house. My son loves driving his trains on his train tracks. When he was a younger toddler, when I first bought him train tracks, thinking this would be a fun idea, he truly just loved destroying the train tracks, ripping them apart, and making a huge mess. And he didn't really appreciate driving the trains on the tracks. But as he got older, I now help him make a really complex train track, and then I can step away and he'll play with it for a really long time. He'll think of different scenarios, connect different train cars to make different trains. He'll drive around on the tracks. And as I mentioned in the home episode, the home organization episodes, I don't really keep all of the pieces that come with the wooden train tracks. I think it came with like 50 wooden trees and a bunch of things that just like we didn't really play with and it just was more so of a mess for us to pick up every time and things that didn't even get played with. So I don't even keep those. I donated them. But I did keep a little stop sign thing and there are a couple crane pieces that can like lift up the cargo on the trains and you can move it to like another train and stuff like that. He'll play with all that. So there are an assortment of different wooden train tracks available that you can buy with different bridges or turntables and stuff like that. So I honestly even think setting that up is like just as fun for me as him. So that just came to my mind as something else that will keep him occupied for a while. We store those in a garage in like a wooden, I mean, in a storage bin. And then when they want to play the train tracks, we'll bring that whole bin in and we'll usually leave it in like our living room and they'll keep it up for a few days. And then we put it all away and put it back. So anyways, that's all I can think of for this episode today, but I would love to hear any other ideas you guys have so we can help each other be fun moms who get a little bit of a break with some fun independent play activities that our kids enjoy. So please send me more of your ideas. The email is podcast at courtneylundeen.com and I'd love to hear from you and I'd love to be able to share your ideas with other people who listen to this podcast. So like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, I have an exciting part of Elevate Motherhood that is launching soon. People on my email list will be the first to know about it, so head to my email. Um, I will show a link in the show notes for you to click to join the email list. You can also find it on my website. So I'll um, let you sign up for the email list, and you'll be the first to know when the new part of Elevate Motherhood launches soon. I don't really send very many emails at this point, so you're not taking much of a risk that I will be bothering you in your inbox if that's something you worry about. So before we leave, I'd love to say a little prayer and blessing for you. Dear Lord, thank you for these listeners. Thank you that they love being a mom. Thank you that you give us what we need for each day. Thank you for a community of moms supporting each other and encouraging each other. Let us be a light to the world. We know that everything good and perfect comes from you. Let us reflect your goodness in our world and especially to our own families. Let all we, be, all we do be for your glory. In your son Jesus' name, amen. If you love the Elevate Motherhood podcast, have you shared it with your friends? Have you left a review and a five-star rating? These things mean a lot to me personally, but they also help other people find our podcast. Thanks for being here, friends. Until next time, let's elevate motherhood. Mm-hmm.